And also the thing is, love isn't enough, in my opinion. This is my no. opinion. Yeah, no. Love is not enough to sustain a relationship. There are lots of other components that are needed. Love is the basis, is the underlying foundation, but work, commitment, devotion, sacrifice mm. like there are so many things you have to choose that i love this concept of like i feel like i genuinely choose you every single again mm. every single day mm. and you have to choose to to be with that person every day guys welcome back to self-centered with me calypso the podcast that empowers you to create a life that is aligned alive and yours every week i'm here we're having conversations that are expanding your mind that are challenging social norms and really showing you how beautiful life can be when you give yourself permission to put yourself at the center Today I'm joined by someone very special, someone, I always say that, but this is definitely the most special person I can guarantee. I'm joined by my partner, Nat. I'm going to call her Nat, but her full name's Natalia. Hi. Hello. <laughs> this is so weird. And I was like, why are we having this chat that's being recorded? Let me give Nat a, an, a proper intro, like I do all my other guests, and then we're going to get into a really interesting conversation today. So Nat is a dancer she has her own dance studio in london she's a yoga teacher she's a sound healer she's a reiki master and she has reiki been practitioner. oh sorry <laughs> reiki practitioner she's been my biggest inspiration in life for sure she's taught me everything that i know about the meaning of like you crying no <laughs> i thought you were, i thought you were crying already no. <laughs> about the meaning of life about you know, Nat was the catalyst for me even going on a journey of personal development. Before I met her, I didn't know what personal development was. I was just living my best or not best life, I should probably say. And we have been a couple for six years. We celebrated our six-year anniversary actually last last month. Yeah, or didn't celebrate. No. We didn't actually celebrate no. it. We were really bad. Well, not really bad, but we'd just been, we were going on holiday soon, weren't we? Six years six years we've actually been together and it's been a beautiful and at some points difficult yeah. journey and mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited for this episode because we have so many conversations with our friends about relationships I support a lot of my clients in relationship journeys whether it be deciding to end relationships how to improve the quality of their relationships how to find the most aligned person for them that they want to live their life with and I don't know, naturally, like sometimes I think maybe I'll just be a relationship coach because I love supporting people in that. I think when you are happy in love, not that you have to have somebody, but when you are happy in love, I feel like life can feel really full. And when relationships are ungrounded, everything feels like it's it's upside down. Your relationship is quite often your home. And when home doesn't feel good, it's hard for anything else to feel good. So I wanted to have that on the podcast today to chat about our relationship, our journey as a queer couple, as a couple that are in a conscious relationship. I, I feel like I like that phrase, but also I want to break down what that even means because some people might be like, what even is conscious yeah, relationship? I feel like it's, there's a lot of kind of hype around that word. And I think a lot of people are 
probably in conscious relationships without yeah be thinking exactly it. it's not even setting the standard of like this is no. what a conscious relationship is it's like this is you're probably in one or these are some things that you can do to be more aware and conscious of each other's feelings and the journey that you're on together so we're going to be talking about how we met we're going to talk about some of the struggles and challenges that we have faced in our relationship and that we continue to face and overcome we're going to talk about things that we do that make our relationship feel full and also that allow us to be or that put us in a place where we're more in love than ever Mm. which I think is pretty special I think quite a lot of people get six years in and they're like oh I can't really stand spending time with this person but you're still my favourite person to spend time with. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Should we talk about how we met? Yeah, let's do it. From the beginning. I mean, gosh, I'm like really struggling to even... <laughs> you know what my brain is like? I'm like... I know, you forget off... everything. I, I literally forget everything. But... We so met. Yeah, how did we meet? We met. I love the way you're spinning How did we... I'm you're like, turning so it now I'm like... How we, we met... Meet? Well, we met working in the fashion industry. We... My first job was as a junior buyer's admin assistant at Topshop. Nat was the senior's buyer's admin assistant on the same department. And so we were put on the same team. Nat was kind of showing me the ropes. And at this point, we should start by saying we were friends. I had a partner. We were a boyfriend, to be precise. We were just really good friends. I feel like the minute... Well, actually... I'll tell you something funny. When the minute I saw Lips, like she was being introduced to the department and I saw her and I was like, that girl's gay, I'm sure. <laughs> this is like before I'd even said one word to you. I'm like, oh, that's funny. There's a, another gay girl. There's no other gay girls in Topshop. And the other girl, girl, a gay girl is coming to work beside me. And the funny thing is, I didn't know that I was gay. That oh, I didn't tell you that for a while. No, I didn't know that. You only, no. you only told me that later down the line. So you were like, oh, look, there's gay girl. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're best friends. I love spending time with you. I love talking to you and learning about life from you. And I, we got on so well that our manager at the time, we were sat next to each other. <laughs> we were sat next to each other so that Nat could show me the ropes. And there was like a line of four, our managers. I was like at the bottom of the food chain. So you can imagine I'm the like left desk. Nat's the next one up. Then there's the person above her. And then there's like the boss next to that. And they basically split us up. <laughs> they moved where we were sitting because mm. we would just chat too much. Yeah. And so I think from the get-go, we knew that we really loved each other. Yeah. In a weird it way. It was just easy. It was so easy. Yeah, I could completely... I think as well for me, I'd... We're not going to go into my kind of like background with my whole sexuality and my self-identity and stuff like that. But for such a long time, I hid who I truly was. And I think it, you kind of came at a really pivotal... We met at a really pivotal point in my life where I was suddenly allowing my full expression to be expressed Mm. and meeting you just allowed me to live in my truth Mm. and I I don't know I just felt like I was so comfortable around you that I could talk about being with girls I could talk about you know my spiritual journey even though maybe my other friends around me even though like you weren't necessarily on that path yet I felt as though you understood me Mm. and so yeah so Although we were friends, there was that foundation, that deepness of just knowing each other on a, like a mm. soul's level straight from the offset. I think I was so I was so inquisitive because I was so in awe. Mm. 
I'd never been around anyone like you. No. My, my friends were amazing. I and think the first, I think within like a few months of meeting, like I went to do an ayahuasca. Yeah, you did. You you were going yeah. to do an ayahuasca retreat, and I was like, what the hell is ayahuasca? I was like, why would you pay someone money to go and throw up in a bowl and hallucinate? <laughs> and I, there was me, good little ex-Christian gal that was just living my life, going to the cinema every weekend. And I used to watch my ex-boyfriend play football. I'd, I'd never even explored the realm of spirituality in the way that we experience it now so anyway we were really good friends we used to get on we used to party a lot together and then we moved in together with another girl all as mates having a great time fast forward a little while my relationship broke down with my boyfriend and Nat and I started to not be just friends anymore (laughs) it kind of i it happened we don't really have a meet cute story of the beginning of the the transformation from it being a friendship into a romantic relationship it was a bit more of a it was definitely a bit and I was like fully under the impression that this was just like an experimental stage in Lips's kind of relationship with women I'd never I'd never been with I'd never been with I was always like Lips you're just like having a bit of fun this isn't serious and then yeah I don't know I feel like (laughs) yeah you did you were like you're this and we used to we Jane we used to laugh about it didn't I remember we like we used to go on a night out have a bit of a wild night and the next day we'd we'd be like that was so funny why did that happen last night yeah and then it kind of it was when it went from we just were getting together under the influence of alcohol or drugs or whatever, mm. and then transitioning into being at home and just not having any alcohol or anything. <laughs> so that's when I think it then kind of became a bit real, maybe to me, I guess. Yeah, it went from being an unconscious thing through, like, we're not really thinking about this. Yeah. It's kind of something that happens at the end of a night yeah. and we laugh about it the next morning to it being like, actually, I'm quite enjoying this. Mm. <laughs> And I want to spend more time with you in this way. And that, I remember it being really scary at first because we were like, we're really good friends. It feels scary to risk our friendship and go down this path. And especially because you were like, you're just experimenting yeah. and you're probably not going to want this in a while. And you hadn't come out yet. To no, your f- and I, yeah, that's literally where it was just leading me next. I was like, I knew that the, the turning point for me was when I knew I wanted to, open up to my family Mm. and tell them that I one was bisexual and two I'd found the person I wanted to be with Mm. so I think that's when I was like oh fuck like okay this actually feels I can see because beforehand I I couldn't necessarily see myself being with a woman yeah you always used to be weird I always and I and I don't know if that was like the judgment I had against myself and then yeah, meeting you, I then stripped back all those layers and yeah, I don't know. I just felt so, I could see a future with you mm. and then I just, just felt like it was just a coming home thing. Mm, that was mm-hmm. cute. No, I think it was the same for me. It was odd. I didn't, because I hadn't had this conscious awakening that I was queer until I fell in love with you, literally, I didn't also have a lot of the struggle that a lot of people carry for years like you having this like oh I don't want to tell my family I never had that I never had that back and forth in my mind of like am I aren't I I was just like oh wow I've fallen in love with this person they happen to be a woman so me telling coming out to my parents and maybe I'll do a whole separate episode on coming out because I feel like that's a good one but it wasn't as scary weirdly because 
I almost didn't have years of trauma that I'd been carrying. So when I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell my parents. And you were like, oh, gosh. <laughs> that means I've got to tell my parents and I've not been telling my parents. What, but... Was it you that said it first? I think so. I think. I don't think it was. Me. Really? Do you no, think you told me? I think it was me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. No, me. I don't think it was. I think I told my mum first. I didn't tell my dad first. That, mm-hmm. that came a bit after. Yeah. But the funny thing was when I told my mum, I was like, oh, I remember it so clearly. I went into her bedroom one like before bedtime and I was like me and Nat are more than just friends <laughs> she was like yeah I know I've been waiting for you to tell me yeah, and I was yes. like oh god but yeah that was a whole process and actually maybe this leads us quite nicely into the first question that I had for you slash us which was what have been the ba- the biggest struggles in our relationship you know now we're so happy and so connected and so excited for our future but there have been times when it hasn't been like that and I think actually probably the coming out process was the start of the tough times I feel like we'd been in this honeymoon period for about a year we were probably together for about nearly a year before we came out to family and even friends it was scary to tell because we were really we'd be in friendship groups where there'd be like two or three people Mm. and we didn't want like two or three others or one or sorry, one or two others. And we were like, we don't want people to feel left out Mm. or like they're not prioritized Mm. and that we don't love them as much. So that was a whole scary thing too. But yeah, the struggle, the hard time started, I think when reality hit and you're like, okay, we'd been living in this. It just felt like this little bubble where no one could touch us. You know what it's like when it's Mm. that honeymoon phase and you're in this cloud just flying through life. Coming out was hard because you were faced with a lot of your fears. What have been some of the other struggles or challenges? Like relationships are hard. Let's not beat around the bush. I think when we look at Instagram or even when we post things, you post your best bits. You post like, woohoo, we've been together for six years or we're going on this holiday together. Yeah. We don't post, we've just had an argument or we've been crying about this thing so what have been for you the toughest moments in our relationship and what have you learned from them I think that's a good follow-up question so I'm kind of just like taking it right back to yeah the times kind of soon after that we both kind of opened up about our relationship and I think for me initially it was being able to actually feel like we were in a relationship Mm. when we were around some friends, Mm. especially family. Mm. So, like, it was almost like I was living two separate lives for a bit anyway. And obviously, when you're living like that, you you feel so ungrounded and being an earth sign. (laughs) That, for me, just didn't feel right in my body. So Mm. there was this massive struggle of... We were, we were in this relationship, we were in love, and then the minute we would spend any time with my family, your family, friends, it would be almost like, oh, one minute, now we don't, I don't feel like we're in a relationship. We so had to what, slide so into like, friend mode yeah, again. And, but that was also a massive, not only, you know, hardship on our relationship, it was also something that I was working through individually that I'd never had to work through because it was mm. always such a... I always put on, like, a disguise. I always put on, like, a... This isn't me, this is... It was always hidden. It was always hidden. So I think, initially, like, breaking through that barrier of... 
breaking through that barrier and just completely accepting myself was the first was the first thing I think. Yeah, and, I think and it's still like for me today, like it's oh my gosh, like we're obviously, you know, we are a couple in front of like my family, but I still sometimes think, oh, if I was with a man, would would I be a little bit different? Now, right now, right in this present moment, no. But for years, yeah, it's so 100%, true. Percent, and actually, like, I felt like I couldn't be truly me mm, around my family. And I think probably for any same sex couples listening, they probably have experienced the same. There's this thing that you do to try and keep the people around you more comfortable yeah. than yourself 100%. like you're like oh well I don't want to kiss in front of them because that might make them feel uncomfortable and it's like we need to just normalize yeah. them seeing us kiss yeah. because that's not going to end we're going to no. keep doing that for life so the more that they can get used to it the easier it is but I know it's like if I when I used to be with my ex-boyfriend it was never even a question no. you would do it because yeah. that was you showing love actually it's so weird I was thinking about this in the shower yesterday how I think actually that is a bit more of a hurdle for me because I was talking to my brother's girlfriend when we went for dinner last week and she was saying that my brother rarely kisses her in front of the family. Mm. And I think on my side, it's because <clears throat> we never actually saw my parents kiss. Okay. There was never that affection or love. Love was never shown in that way. So it didn't necessarily feel not safe, but seen. So I think that was a hurdle for me. I remember even when I when I was with my ex-boyfriend, but it, it, was a, it was a lot less of a barrier to break down. Even now, sometimes when we kiss in front of your mum, I'm like, <laughs> she's all and I'm, like, I'm not so much anymore I yeah. yeah I think for me it was a respect thing that I think waking up and realizing I'm not being disrespectful no. I'm just showing love to you mm. and if everyone else can do that that's in a straight couple around their friends and family then we can too yeah. Exactly. yeah that was hard that's a good point I never even thought about that I think one of the other things is us Again, maybe this is a big thing for same-sex couples, but I actually think it applies to to lots of couples. The merge. Oh well, yeah, that was that's so that was like initial mm-hmm. uh, relationship. We then we went into this. It kind of hit me first, didn't it? Yeah, definitely hit you I, first. I don't know if it's been something because I've been with women, and a lot of the times it's been from like a friendship basis, then into straight into a relationship. I have really struggled with self-identity individual like my my whole individual self like I've definitely merged into my partner like we have it's a beautiful thing that we have so much that we love sharing together so much stuff in common that we enjoy doing together and but there's that dangerous line there's that slippery slope where oh my god we've just become the same person Mm. and we've lost ourselves completely Mm. don't know who I am um and then that and then like a bit of resentment comes in because you're like why have we you know why have we let ourselves get to this why have like can we can we even be together if we're you know that we've lost we went on that journey yeah like a hundred percent for me it hit me kind of like maybe two three years in yeah and yeah I'd say yeah it was you were like I don't know who I am anymore and oh, I was yeah, like I what do you mean I love you so much it's great that we're and I, I it hadn't hit me yet I was I was well I think it probably had but I felt so I I'd never felt love in that depth before and mm. so that almost outshone the need for time on my own it caught up with me like <laughs> caught up with me a year later didn't it and it was really hard for us. I think for anybody that's listening that is feeling that, like, first of all, I think the world tells us very different 
the world the world calls being in love from movies from books from everything is very different to what true deep unconditional love is yeah and i think i yeah i've experienced love throughout my life in quite a different way that you to what how you've experienced yeah, it we so have. i think where beforehand my relationships were very like push pull there was a lot of arguments there were a lot of you know I don't love you then coming back together and feeling that rush of like passion mm. and emotion and then when I fell into relationship with you it felt so safe and I was also and yeah it was like the the whole individualism thing but it was also that thing of is this relationship a bit boring yeah like yeah. there oh was no like and I remember I used to say it to you I was like I just want to have an argument with you and I'd be like and I came from the opposite like my family was so we never no one argued yeah. but also no one spoke about their feelings yeah so it was to the two extremes yeah. you were like you speak about everything you're feeling in the most passionate way that you want fire you want to like have it out yeah. and I was this like what feelings like everything's fine like that was how we were brought up nothing you know you might be feeling something but you don't need to bring words to it like the, we never talked about stuff like that so that was that was definitely part of it but and I think just going back to the way that the world paints relationships I think when you move from that stage of like real passion and excitement and the first stage of your relationship to moving into that next phase of having more grounded connection and, and thinking about where your life is going maybe some of the, that passion and that like intensity falls away and then all of a sudden you're questioning whether that person is right for you yeah because li like uh, listen to 90s r and me yeah exactly. like the way that it's like oh, i was looking at your phone bill who <laughs> <I laughs> you spent money with that, it's um... like hunting you like stalking almost being so obsessed yeah. infatuated jealous and actually if you're not jealous you don't love them if you aren't like really, I don't know, yeah, all of these views of what love is, oh my God, we've been on such a journey of realising. Oh like there are components, of course, but it's so, the world's got it so bad. Yeah, there's that fact about, what is it, about when your body... Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, it's almost like when your body is in a state of, like when you are nervous to meet somebody and you get like butterflies and you're a bit like anxious to see them people have literally associated that with you loving them yeah or... that's not the fact i'm thinking of but yeah oh. that's also another thing sorry i thought yeah that's your what you body saying. releases those endorphins but it, it's i'm thinking of the fact about how you crave oh freaking hell i need to i need to think about it um i can't remember that fact okay. i'll have to put it in the show notes or something yeah. i remember it that yeah I I feel like yeah, but even the fact about we the stress like the stress hormone that's released in our body when we think we're attracted to someone and that we keep chasing that it's like that's because somebody is probably making you quite anxious yeah. and that means that they're probably not right for you mm. like it's that that rush that we've been taught to chase which is why people always go for like the bad person or the whatever because they're craving that chase and also like you were saying our upbringings were so different the way we were taught to receive love and give love mm. was so different and I want to share that for anyone too that's listening you even though you and your partner may be in love or you may be on a journey or maybe you're struggling right now remembering that you each had individual lives up until you met each other and everything that happened to you thanks 
everything that happened to you up until that point is what has sculpted you into the human that you are today. And so if you are seeing things or your love languages are different or you are feeding into codependency in a different way, and I think that leads yeah. us quite nicely onto the next point, it's probably, it will have been because of the way that you were parented or brought up and the ways that you were taught. And sometimes you go the polar opposite, right? If you receive love in one way, you might go the extreme other, but it all comes from when we were kids, doesn't it? Let's face it. But that was, let's talk about codependency. You know, and I just want to also just on that, on the whole, like, you know, be, did we even finish what we were saying about being like individual? And, cause no, we, we didn't say, <laughs> we should go back. Yeah, being like individual and then like thinking that love feels a certain way versus the other person. Like, I definitely feel like it took me a long time to actually believe that love was not what I thought it was mm. and like I I am so thankful that we did have those different walks of life before we met each other because you could have continued going down just, that road yeah and we've just completely like opened up new, like we've taken bits from each other's past but like not to the depths of where we were with them initially. Sorry if that doesn't make sense, but in my head I'm like, yeah, so we, we kind of like, say we were like those to that extreme. We've kind of like all, we've kind of like met in the middle. We've closed off the toxicity at the end and then we've like come together in harmony and just balanced out. I don't know. That's I what that. I, I... It's I, like we've picked the best bits. We've picked the best bits of... The past that we've had yeah. and we've brought them together. Yeah, like you massively opened me up. You opened my heart up. You softened me. You helped me like slow down and connect with my family and just be in my body. And I that wasn't something that I was ever brought up to know. Mm. That wasn't what I ever associated with love. And I have probably come in and brought this maybe like level yeah. energy in terms of like calm communication mm -hmm. and seeing the light in things rather than the dark in things yes, not activating my nervous system every day yeah to go into firefly yeah. yeah everything's um so yeah i think that was a definite whole journey and some of the th well in a minute we're going to talk about some of the things that have really helped us because i think it'll be useful for anyone listening that is maybe relating to some of the things that we've shared to have tips from things that have helped us we're not relationship experts but uh -huh. we're six years in and we're doing well and we've been through places when we aren't we've probably got friends that are listening to this that'll be like really they're talking about the relationship that went through the pits and it did yeah. but I actually think we are the kind of people that need to be having these conversations mm -hmm. about the real stuff that didn't go well so that you don't feel like your relationship is terrible if you're walking through some of these mm -hmm. things as well and it's constant it's constant work like yeah, people always said our oh, relationships are hard work and you kind of take it as a like, constant but it's yeah every and and actually one thing that i want to talk about before we move on to the things that have helped us is where that really took us yeah. like it took us back to the very beginning of we needing to rebuild and restart our relationship this need to find our own identity so like we said not a couple of years in went down the path of freaking out and being like who am I I need to figure out who I am without you because we've got completely yeah. in enmeshed and then a year year or so later after in the midst of the pandemic when we were locked down together we were sharing a one-bed flat working from the same space living from the same space it really piled up for me and I 
was like, oh my gosh, who am I? Yeah, we like took like a break. We had a break. We, we broke. Break. We, we, we broke up. Together. We moved apart from living with each other. We'd lived with each other since before we even got together. Classic two gals talk mm-hmm. about moving fast. There was we moved in together before we were even a couple, and we had recognised that if we want this relationship to keep growing, or if it's got any chance, we have to start again. And so we'd moved apart from living with each other. Yeah, It was really hard. It was not like, everyone's like, that's so smart. That's so mature. And I remember people saying that to us and it was, but it was so painful. Yeah. It felt like we didn't know whether our relationship mm-hmm. was going to make it. It was very much like, we're doing this thing. Let's see if it works. Yeah. You move in with some friends, some different people. I'll move in with some different people. And let's explore the things that make us us so that we can come together and actually do this we were like if we're gonna if we're gonna be in relationship we want to do it for life yeah and I truly believe that that was that's what's made us oh my god today not made us but has completely transformed our relationship yeah let's move on to that I want to talk about the things that have helped us so what do what okay what do we maybe I, I was going to ask what do we do to make our relationship the best it can be but maybe let's first reflect on some of the things we have done in the past like the moving out and then things that we continually do okay so I think that well not I think I know we know that moving out and having that time apart was the best thing that we could have done for 100%. our relationship yeah I, I I everyone sees it as a step back and even actually as I described it a minute ago I described it as a step back but there is no good rule book for a good relationship I think that again movies your parents people just showing up on socials and showing their best bits is that where you're learning about what a good relationship is like questioning and asking where have I learned about what the quality of a good relationship is and most people when I speak to my clients they're like I've never been demonstrated a good relationship yeah, my parents might be together, but I don't, you know, maybe their relationship isn't super healthy or even if it is, they had time apart. We, I feel like as a generation are creating new blueprints for new relationships. Yeah, like I, I remember like when people used to say, oh my God, they've slept in separate rooms together, like husband and wife. And I was like, what? Why would you do that? As if, oh my God, they can't be in love. And I'm like, actually, it's really good to protect your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good to come back to yourself so then you can give yourself fully to your partner. It's so true. Rather than... And I like, I just think like, well, obviously we went, we took, we went to that extreme of moving out for like nearly a year apart, but as conscious partners now, we've like, you know, we've definitely said it's something throughout the year to take space from each Mm. other, whether that's kind of like going on a retreat or going on holiday or something separate, Yeah, taking that time, even like me staying like away on Friday nights, like I just feel like it is such a valuable lesson yeah and it might not be for everyone that's the Mm. thing like but for us because we know we could literally do everything together because Mm. we love and share each other's company so deeply and so lovingly like it's so easy to fall back into every day we're with with, every day we're together but 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 really how can you listen into what you want mm. and I think without taking that space it's so true and I think we started off by saying what what even is a conscious relationship and I think for me the way that I feel and describe it for us is that we're constantly in 
communication with each other about where our relationship is and where we want it to go yeah it genuinely is think about your conscious mind and your unconscious mind your unconscious mind is your programming it's the things that just roll and roll and roll and usually that's how we show up in our relationships we show up as the unconscious version of ourselves. we're repeating cycles through our beliefs through the memories that we have and we you just roll through a relationship you know weeks pass weeks pass weeks pass oh at this stage should probably move on to the next phase and move in together should probably move on to the next phase and put a ring on the fingers you know without having the conscious awareness of how do you feel Mm. how do I feel what do we want to do about those feelings what needs to change what needs to continue and that's something that we also brought into our relationship after having that time apart like regular conversations with each other about how we're feeling what we can do better what we can do worse and at first those conversations can feel a bit triggering and a bit like scary because you are maybe being highlighted things that you're that you could do better and you want to be perfect for your partner or you want your perfect partner to be perfect for you but it has been us having those conversations that has improved the quality of our relationship without doubt yeah and and the time away thing and and moving out thing and all of that like it's about I think creating your own blueprint Mm. I think you've both whenever I chat to friends about this that are maybe having relationship problems or are feeling like they don't know whether their relationship is one that they want to stay in I think the first thing that I believe we had to do was both make a decision that we wanted to be in this relationship exactly um you know as esther perel says turning towards each other mm, good so, old esther we yeah. love her <laughs> so like yeah turning 100 yeah. turn, turning towards each other and being like do you want this do i want this because it's going to take work if we're going to mm. get it to a place that we want to are you willing to do the work um, yeah. am i willing to do the work you know i don't think relationships are always 50 50 like i don't sometimes somebody may be giving a bit more sometimes somebody may be giving a bit less life happens different things happen but I think if your relationship is at a point where it maybe feels like it's breaking or you're not sure whether you want to continue in it you both have to 100% commit to doing the work and then start exploring the things that maybe you need for us it was space it was time we took that and we had space apart for other people it might be sleeping in separate rooms for other people it might be you know spending more time together maybe yeah. some people don't spend any yeah. quality time together and actually they spend all of their time separately with friends and they don't feel like they have that like time to cultivate mm-hmm. connection but yeah deciding are we in this together figuring out what do we need more of what do we need less of then i think what else has really helped us i think the constant communication yeah. so yeah definitely what i learned from having that space and that time apart was how like valuable and crucial having our own like morning ritual mm. was yeah this is one that and we tell all i tell everyone yeah, this. we tell everyone this and it has been such a blessing to wake up in the morning and yeah so basically what we do is we wake we set our alarms normally one's a little bit earlier than the other then we get out of bed we kind of like don't even almost like we're on a vipassana retreat we kind of <laughs> don't we kind of don't give each other eye contact we don't look at each other and one will go into one room one will go into another or we'll just stay in the bedroom and we will have our morning routine of you know whatever mine might be yoga meditation yeah it might be like journaling and workout or whatever but it's not until we've completed those, those things rituals that routine in the morning do we then come together like on the odd chance that we maybe don't do that there's definitely a difference oh my in God, a million percent 
how we kind of communicate to each other. Yeah. So setting your day with intention, setting your day for yourself before giving yourself to your partner, to others, is like, uh, it's like gold. It's That's... like magic. I can't oh. stress how important it is. And you don't even need like, you know, yes, we've been fortunate to have that space and able to sit in separate rooms. But even if you just take a corner for yourself, I don't know, mm. just go out, get outside, do something to start your day for yourself, with mm. yourself. Like, it's so true. It is. This podcast is called Self-Centred. And the reason I wanted to have a conversation with you on Self-Centred is because I genuinely believe that you have to put yourself first in a relationship in order for you to give to the other person in the way that you need to. The world doesn't tell us that. Society tells us that you need to put your partner before you. Their love is more important. Loving them is more important than loving yourself. But what we've learned is you. I can't love you in the way that I even want or yeah. need to love you to make sure that you feel supported if I'm not giving yeah. myself that time. Mm. Because resentment builds. What used to happen was we would wake up first thing in the morning. Somebody's woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh God, this has happened. And the other person might be feeling fine. And then that person is now feeling frustrated because the other person has taken away their, or, you know, maybe you've got loads going on with work. doesn't matter what it is. Giving yourself that time before you can give to somebody else. Like it's the thing that we will never change. We'll no. never let go of. Even like we've listened to some podcasts, haven't we? And there'd be other people that have advised like you should start your day with your partner by having an intimate moment, like staring into each other's eyes. But we'll be like, I love you, but I need to go and do my thing. No, no, I feel like we kind of <laughs> there are every make day. Look, that time. Yeah, afterwards and yeah. later we have, and, and you might be listening to this and the morning might not be your time of the day. For us, it's like, we know that if we get our energy right before we start the day, we can come together and yeah. have that like, I've got you, how are you? I love you, let's do this. Yeah. Um. So that's been a really big one that we constantly well, it's a it's a given now. Yeah. And if we and don't, you, you know, sometimes like, if we're on holiday or we're doing something nice, or we want to like every now and then, we'll be like, should we? We wake up and we'll be like, should we go for a long walk together? It's not like we're not militant with it, but six days out of seven yeah, of the week, hundred percent. Yeah, we spend eighty percent of our day either you know giving out our energy to work colleagues, friends, family. So, you know, taking it back to yourself in the morning is yeah the most valuable lesson I think I can share on here well not the most valuable but definitely yeah the biggest tip biggest tip yeah I think also in the work that we do we're both in service yeah and so I am supporting my clients I might be leading workshops I might have one-to-one sessions I might have group sessions we also why have we not even mentioned people like us (laughs) we also run a retreat company together check it out on Instagram if you haven't already at people like us retreats and Nat's a yoga teacher like I've already mentioned all of the things that you do we're constantly serving others and so if we don't start our day by giving something to ourselves it almost feels like our relationship with each other blends into us needing to serve each other in the same way that we do in our work it's like I need to be there for you rather than I'm feeling good now how can I be there for Mm. you and I think that that's such a big big point to make so if you're listening to this you keep arguing with your partner and we wouldn't we wouldn't even really no. we're not really big arguing but it would be more like frustration that yeah. would build um or you just know that you need a bit of a refresh you're wanting to feel more confident in yourself having that self-reflection time each individually on your own do it promise yeah. you won't look back yeah. uh another thing that we do that i think did you hear oh. my tummy 
my tummy just rumbled really loud. Um, the other thing that we do, which I think has been so great and that I think other people would really benefit from is sitting down together and like talking about our future and what we want. That's something we've always done, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Was... I, I definitely, I, I know there's different kind of views on whether having the same values and, you know, outlook on life. Some people say you don't have to have that. To... I don't think you have to have necessarily the same values, but I think you maybe need to want to be going in the same direction, yeah. even if you have different values in getting there. 100%. I think it's really helpful and a lot easier yeah. if you have some crossover. Yeah. But yeah, go on, sorry. No, I was just, yeah, it's something we've done. Like we've kind of like said right what do we want to be doing this year and then what do we want to be doing in five years individually and as a couple Mm -hmm. and we kind of like go away we sit with ourselves for a bit and then we come together and we share those Mm -hmm. don't we and we more than often it's the same (laughs) it's basically the same and for me being so in alignment with your vision for the future like just feels so expansive mm. and feels like makes, yeah I guess makes you feel like you're a team mate yeah and you're working together to something I think that's something quite often you can be in a relationship and you don't have to know exactly what you want every year for the next five years but you might what if you want something completely different yeah. to that other person and and maybe you know that and you're scared to bring yeah. life into it because you know that actually that might mean that you're not meant to be together but I just think if we the quality of our life is so much fuller because we then get to do the things that we both want to do because Mm. one we're saying them two sometimes there are things that are a bit like because we have this wanting to do everything together and our our challenge is having that time apart and that individuality sometimes the toughest thing for us is me saying I want to go on a trip with my friend and I know that we've got x amount of money to spend this year on travel but I really feel like I like I just went to Vietnam with to visit my best friend and I was Mm. like I really want to prioritize that it feels like a once in a lifetime thing she's my best friend in the whole world we've never traveled like that together and I remember not there being fear around that conversation at all but there being a bit like I know that that maybe is going to be more difficult because it's going to take away some from some of the things that we want to do but then also you being like well I know that I want to go away and do this retreat or I want to go away and do this training and and I think it's so easy to just like mm. skip the things that you want because you're not having conversations with your partner about them and you think that they won't want that but half the time you don't even know and actually me saying okay I want to go and do that op- can open up you being like okay cool like I've actually been thinking yeah. that I want to do this thing yeah. rather than you both just assuming and that's I think another massive thing in relationships we assume we know our partner mm-hmm. and can you do but you don't know like I know no. you but I don't know you mm. I know you, but you're growing every day and I love that about you and I'm growing every day and we both want to explore everything that we can get from life. So there are going to be things that come up that I don't know about you. Mm. And I think for you to keep can like growing in love, you need to meet your partner as a version that they are right now, not the version that you met, you, that you met them as. Yeah. We grow and we change. And if you're constantly having these check-ins about what do you want and where are we going, you are continuing to love and be with who the part- they are in that in Who that they moment. are right now. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Something else that we do that, you know, Oh, Wait, I say we do that. We probably do the big like looking down at like a couple of times a year. Yeah, a couple of times a year. Our check-ins about how we're feeling. Yeah, that's what I was about. To okay, go on. Yeah, so, yeah, so something else that 
I love doing. And again, it can be a little bit scary, a little bit kind of like... You're really good at this. Yeah. You're really good at initiating this. Yeah, I... Yeah, so... You're like, kind of, do we do the like we do our monthly check-ins? Yeah, maybe monthly say. or maybe every two months. No, I'd say every month. Yeah, maybe every Sometimes month. I feel like it's more than once a month. Well, basically, because I feel... I need, I need Because I love communicating and... I was, we were talking about this last night. Obviously, we both know each other's love languages. Mine are physical touch and words of affirmation. Lips's are acts of service and physical, physical touch. touch. And I was saying, actually, like, why isn't there one about being emotionally connected? So, like, be when I feel so connected to lips and in any other, unlike with my friends, when I have those emotional, opening, vulnerable conversations. Mm. And so, for me, every month, I'm like, right. And so many, like, Jay Shetty shouts about it. Like, so many other kind of relationship coaches talk about how invaluable these conversations are. Mm. Invaluable. Valuable. Valuable. Invaluable. Invaluable. Both. Yeah. I think both um, So. Check-ins. Yeah. These monthly check-ins where there's maybe like between six and ten questions and we are just asking each other, is the relationship growing to where we want it to be? Yeah. Does the, am I fulfilling all your needs what am I not doing what what can I be doing more of what can I be doing less like what can I be doing less of and answering those questions with truth and being vulnerable and it's not to be like oh you're doing this you're doing that like you've got to properly intentionally sit down and say I'm answering these questions from a place of love yeah because we so deeply want our relationship to grow. Mm. And in order to grow, you've got to push past those uncomfortable it's conversations. so true. Yeah. Like, and these are things, again, we're not taught to ask. No one teaches us that these yeah. are the questions that you should be asking. And so it can feel a bit like triggering or stingy when someone yeah, first says to you, like, 100%. I want you to stop doing that thing. Like, what's something that we were... I'm trying to give an example. What was one of the... Th- we did this literally yesterday. What one of the things that I was saying that I want you to know about when I request. ask you to touch me. Yeah. Not touch, like, yeah, like, we, me. Yeah, we'll be on the sofa and it'll be like, oh, can you just squeeze my foot? Like, oh, can you just like rub my tummy? Oh, can you? And I'm like, I want to do those things for you. But in similarly that I just said, I'm in service all day. Mm. And I feel like people are asking of things for me all day, eldest of four, like, you know, all of these things. I love doing them. I choose this path. But when I lay down on the sofa with you, I want there to be space for me to want to do that rather yeah. than it feel like a request. So that was something that I was like, that's something I'd love you to do less of right now just so that I can create the space to build the want rather than feeling like it's a necessity mm-hmm. so like, the specific things like you get to have conversations those things that are really around your head that you're thinking this is so annoying why can you not stop doing that rather than it building up and building up and building up and then turning into a big thing and then you're being like this isn't you're not the kind of person that I want to be with you can actually just help each other yeah. be the versions of yourself that you want and that you need if that made any sense um there was one like there's so much like for me as well like I like we were having that conversation last night where I was saying we were going back to the whole like I don't think you know we've been really busy we're moving house this week Mm. next week and I was like I feel a little bit distant from you because Mm. I feel like we've been like passing ships we haven't had deep conversations and I like, if I hear something or if I read <laughs> a book or if I listen to a podcast, 
I then can quite quickly get in my head about it and be like, oh, why are we not doing the thing? Oh my God, our relationship's not perfect. Oh my God, Lips isn't fulfilling every area of my life that she needs to be. But then I obviously communicate that to Lips and then I come back into my centre and I'm like, okay, well, also remember that this one human cannot fulfill, cannot fulfill every single one of your needs. So because true. Right now in my life, I'm like, you know, what I was craving is more emotional connection, you know, more emotional deep chats. And I was like, well, actually, I've not been necessarily been doing all the things spiritually that give you that. That give me that, one. Two, I feel a little bit disconnected because we're in Brighton at the minute. Mm. I definitely, definitely miss that from being close to my friends. And three, I feel like, okay, one moment, when I move back to London, I need to seek that, seek that, like, feeling and depth with maybe other groups of people. Mm. And it's not to say that we don't have that all the time, because we do, but... It's not putting it can't all be or one person. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing as well, like, fairy tales paint, paint your prince charming as this guy who comes and sweeps you off your feet and saves you from all of the struggles that you have. And it's like, you can't get everything no. from one person. And actually... You know, that's why people explore things like open relationships. We're not saying that we're doing that. We've had conversations about it, though. Yeah. And But you have to understand that you, it, it, one, it's important for you to be giving yourself the things that you're craving from your partner. Two, knowing that they can give that to you, but maybe not 100% of the time. And if you are needing something, you can have other way, places in your life that you can go and get it. The other thing that I want to talk about really quickly before we move on to some questions that we got asked by people on Instagram, which I want to have time to quickly answer, is... We went to therapy. We have yeah. been to therapy together, relationship therapy. I want to. I just feel like I want to spend a second talking about it because I still think there's a lot of stigma about it. Especially, I felt oh. really ashamed as a young couple early on in our relationship. Think about it, right? We've been together six years. We hope to be together for sixty. Like we're still pretty early days, even though we're like, yeah, we've been together for a long time. In the grand scheme of life, we haven't. And I was like oh God, we we need to go to therapy. Like we need to go to therapy. Does that feel like we've failed? We have learned so much about each other through spending time with a therapist to reflect back our thoughts and feelings, to allow us to have conversations that maybe are even just a little edge too far from some of the things that we have in our like monthly check-ins. We've had conversations with therapists about sex. We've had conversations with therapists about communication styles, about so many different things yeah. and we we've dipped in and out we always love it when we do it we probably will go back to having oh, yeah. it again because we were like whenever we do we just you you have even better conversations and it's like again i'll keep quoting podcast but mark groves if you know him he's like a relationship coach he's amazing check out his podcast he um always says you shouldn't be going like Yes, amazing if you go to therapy when the relationship needs to work. But if anyone can, you know, afford it, relationships should have therapy from, like, the, the first. The beginning. Like, the beginning. Mm. Because, like, it's not... Like, yes, we're humans and, yes, we are made for connection. But, like, it, there's no way that there's not going to be any areas that need work. Yeah. Like, it's just not... It's just. Not a thing. You're not being honest, I genuinely think. <clears throat> like, no shade. But if you are saying that everything's perfect right now, <laughs> you're probably not being completely honest. There are some things that maybe are inside. Like, we spoke about the fact that you are two individuals. You've had two separate lives. 
your conditioning is different the way that you are going to continue to grow in love it's two separate humans is going to need yeah. compromise conversation like all of that stuff and so we went to therapy when we were pretty okay like we actually went when we were really not good and then we went when we were kind of okay there were some specific things that we were wanting to work on and that was really helpful and then we took a pause and we're like yeah we'll probably go back we know I, we will. I, I, like, we would love we to be able to have therapists yeah. every week so if someone sponsors this podcast and makes me make like you know just give me some little we can have therapy every week together yeah. with set together and have our separate things that we also do yeah but it's so good yeah and then I think like from the therapy like if you then find that maybe you know because loads of things can come out of therapy you go to therapy and you're like oh my god this is beautiful and it's blo helped blossom our relationship and we're we're getting to to understand each other and we're getting to know that okay we do want this mm. and we're completely on the same page there's just little hiccups along the way which mm. is completely normal but then sometimes, you know, you might go to a therapy and find actually... You're not meant to be with that person. We both love each other and love means so many things. Mm. Like, you can still love somebody so deeply and decide you don't want to be with that person. 100%. But still that love is there. Yeah. And you've got to be so thankful for having that experience with that time, because with that person, because love is just a beautiful thing to experience for mm. stop and... Yeah. And also the thing is, love isn't enough, in my opinion. This is my no. opinion. Yeah, no. Love is not enough to sustain a relationship. There are lots of other components that are needed. Love is the basis, it's the underlying foundation, but work, commitment, devotion, sacrifice. Mm. Like there are so many things you have to choose that. I love this concept of like, I feel like I genuinely choose you every single, again, mm. every single day. Mm. And you have to choose to to be with that person every day. And if you're, you've got this gut feeling that that person you're with or the person you're thinking about being with isn't the person that you wanna choose every single day, then potentially they're not your person. And that is obviously a hard decision, but it is. And it's not choosing the potential that that person could be. No. I'm not choosing the version of you that I hope that, I'm choosing mm -hmm. the version of you that you are right now. Yeah. Are you choosing to accept the version of that person is right now, not a past version of them, mm. not the version of them that you met that used to buy you flowers and do all the things <laughs> that they stopped doing? The person right now. I think that's a good place to end before we move on to Q&A. Okay, we've had some questions, so let's answer them. Um, the first question is, has it always come naturally? Has it always come naturally or does it take work? I feel like we kind of answered this question. I think our relationship takes work. Yeah. I think there was a natural baseline something i don't yeah, know what like it is. when i when i look into my future i see you yeah i yeah. see you raising our babies mm. i see wanting to spend so yeah that comes naturally yeah for sure true. yeah but in the times where it feels like oh fuck like are we doing this mm. are like like obviously that feels really scary and yeah. and like don't get me wrong like i've been i've questioned our relationship so many times oh so God, so we both have but like at the base it at the base of it, do you want to be that? And like mm. you said, do you want to choose that person? Yeah, it's true. Do you see potential with that person? If the answer is yes, then you do the work. But not and even then see if... potential with. Like yes, but that's the potential thing. Yeah, no, no. It's no, like, no. do you want them in your future? Do you and do you love them right now for who they are? Yeah. And do you both want to keep growing together? Yeah. Mm. Yes. So I've but I feel like we answered that one kind yeah. of. The next question was what brings you the most joy about being in a conscious part partnership together? I think, but like, 
being in a conscious partnership just allows more space for me to grow as an individual, mm. I think. Um, yes, yeah, for me, it's that I never feel like I'm sacrificing my life to be with you. Yeah. I get to live my life, you get to live your life, and we get to live our life and mm. that brings me so much joy like I don't feel any limits on the things yeah. <clears throat> that I can do for my life That's right. yeah. and I'm like because I'm a, we're on this ride together yeah. and we want to create this future we want to create this family we want to create this existence mm. together and so I think for me because you have that conscious connection and those conversations to check in and know where you are and there's never the losing of what you want for no. someone else but, like I love we both love learning and like mm. that deepening of learning together and just expanding our mind expanding our bodies expand like so like there's constant learning yeah that's that's also a i mean we always talk about that like oh we need to be doing this but like yeah it's it's the constant expansion and also together. the fun like let's not we've spoken about our relationship in a very like working on working like it sounds very serious I'm like we travel together yeah. we explore so many different places we do so many different crazy things we've been backpacking we've been to all, all of these beautiful trips I think also the fun you get to go on together when you're not constantly feeling the friction of not knowing mm. I think like you can almost melt on like relax into the space I was just gonna say something that like I think maybe a lot of people might be listening who might be listening to a pod podcast might be thinking is if your partner's not on a spiritual journey but mm. you are like what do you is that something you can navigate together or is it something you need to I feel behind? like we need to come back for a part two and have a I podcast on. I've got quite a lot of Oh, so you're coming insight. back? You're coming back? <laughs> She's coming back? She was like, I'm a bit nervous. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. And I'm like, you're coming back for part two? Okay, maybe, we'll do maybe. part two. Okay. Um, the, the last question that we had, do you, what do you do to support each other to develop, to self-develop or self-care? So what do we do to support each other's growth, I guess, is a good way of putting it. Well, I guess the check-ins. And the morning time. Like the morning us... time. Like, and, and communicate. Yeah. It all just comes down to communication. Like, we are so good at, like, if we feel like, oh, uh, we've, like, been in, like, each other's pockets too much. I'm like, lips, I need some space. Yeah. You're like, I need some space. Yeah. We're like, right, I'm taking some time. I don't know. Just Radical like honesty without attachment. Me, but you being able to say, I need some space without me feeling insignificant or like I've done something wrong. Yeah. And that took that took time. It did. Yeah. But now, we, you know, we've got to a place where I can say, when I say I need space, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. No. It just means that we've been spending too much time together and I need, a, I need to take a hike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But then also rem remembering that, like your love language is quality time. Well, the other one is mm. quality time. And so then coming back together and then having, you know, when we have been apart, coming back together and having Special sharing time. intentional, carving out those intentions, mm. that intentional time. Yes. Definitely. Like sure. date nights, mm. massages, things. Yeah. things like that. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today. If you have, please do share this on socials. Don't be afraid to DM us if you have more questions, if there are things that you want to hear more about. If you are struggling in your relationship right now and actually you've got questions about whether it's the right place to be, uh, please also don't be afraid to hit me up. I coach people on those specific things as well. If you've loved this, come along to one of our retreats. People like us retreats. We host retreats of the UK, day retreats, also ones happening that are coming in other places too which is very exciting but love you and see you next week